0: what's up everybody and welcome to this week's edition of davinci cases so the way this works is we've got a clinical case followed by a board style question. So we're going to go through the question stem, point out the relevant clinical findings, take a look at the question and the answer choices, and then kind of divert for a minute and go through the relevant concepts to answering the question. Then we'll come back and apply those concepts that we went over to answering the question. So we've got a 52 year old man, middle-aged guy. He presents to his physician's office after experiencing four fainting episodes over the past two weeks. So that's a Significant amount of fainting episodes in a short period of time, definitely concerning. It says here the episodes have occurred while performing his job as a bricklayer, so that's important. Occupation is often very important in a patient's history. Bricklayer, very physically demanding job, so these episodes are occurring when he's really physically exerting himself. It's not when he's just sitting down eating dinner or watching TV or or, or just sitting down relaxing. It's happening when he's really exerting himself. So this would be an example of exertional Dyspnea, so definitely very important, very concerning. Patient also hasn't been experiencing chest pain after climbing stairs. That's also very concerning. That's what's called exertional angina or stable angina. Versus unstable angina would be when the patient is has angina when they're sitting down, they're not exerting themselves. So again, it's physical demand that's bringing this on. Also very concerning, often obviously concerning for coronary artery disease. Um, he's a he's a male in his 50s. The the Real risk factor is at 55 and older, but that doesn't mean, you know, someone who he's only three years off from that. And so certainly he's, you know, very close to where he's definitely, it's, this is where it's officially considered a risk factor, but obviously a male in their early fifties is definitely at risk for develop, having coronary artery disease. So you definitely want to have that on the differential at this point. Past medical history is notable for poor dental hygiene. So that's puts you at risk for developing oral infections um because you're not regularly cleaning your teeth and your in your oral cavity so that's definitely concerning um those sometimes those infections can become systemic and cause systemic issues um so that's definitely something you want to be pay attention to there his hyperlipidemia definitely a risk factor for coronary artery disease um, he currently takes atorvastatin so he's it's in theory controlled vitals are 37 degrees celsius so he's afebrile he's not running a fever at this point Heart rate is 87, so it's on the higher end of normal, but it's I wouldn't consider him tachycardic at this point. Blood pressure, however, is 136 over 70, so he's a little bit hypertensive, and then his diastolic pressure is lower than normal. Now, one thing you want to pay attention to is with these cardiovascular cases, you want to pay attention to something called the pulse pressure. So the pulse pressure is when you have the systolic blood pressure minus the diastolic blood pressure, and that gives you the pulse pressure. Now normally someone's supposed to have 120 millimeters of mercury be their systolic blood pressure, and then 80 millimeters of mercury is supposed to, is the ideal diastolic blood pressure. So the ideal pulse pressure is 40 millimeters of mercury. In this patient is 136 minus his diastolic of 70. So his pulse pressure is 66. This is what's called a widened pulse pressure or an increased pulse pressure. And this is important because this can give you an indication of, this can help you narrow down the differential of what the pathophysiology is that is occurring in this patient. Let's complete here with the physical exam. So the physical exam reveals a diastolic decrescendo murmur over the left sternal border. When you hear the left sternal border, especially during diastole, this is most likely going to be an aortic murmur. So the question is the patient's murmur would most likely be loudest at which of the following time points on the graph. So let's take a second here and define what we're looking at here with this graph. So this is the cardiac cycle on the vertical axis here. We have the pressure, which is measured in millimeters of mercury time here. So this is over time of, this is over the course of the cardiac cycle. And what you'll notice here is what's graphed is the pressure in the aorta, in the left ventricle and in the left atrium over time. And so as you can see, what this graph really depicts is the changes in pressure as you go through the cardiac cycle over time. And so this is really a two-part question. It's asking you first to identify the diagnosis in this patient, and then it's asking you to identify, based on that diagnosis, where you would hear the murmur at the loudest on this graph. So before you can really go into the graph, it's easier if you can really first figure out what is the diagnosis. And we've gone through the key history and exam findings but let's look at them in a a nice organized list here to help us narrow down what the diagnosis is. So we've got a middle-aged man presenting with exertional syncope. He's got exertional angina. Obviously, you've got to be worried about coronary artery disease with exertional angina. The thing is, though, that paired with exertional syncope could also be aortic valve disease, which is what we think our murmur's from. It can be both aortic stenosis or aortic regurgitation. Now, aortic stenosis is more co- commonly seen in elderly patients because it's a disease of calcification and stiffening of the aortic valve. It's where the aortic valve has trouble opening. And so it's m- more likely you would see that in an older individual. Not that you can see it in a younger one, but that again, the demographics tend to favor an elderly patient population. The other thing is it's going to be, this is going to be a systolic murmur because it's going to be right when the valve is opening for systole. So this is going to be a systolic murmur. And given that this is a diastolic murmur, right away, I don't think this is aortic stenosis. Aortic regurgitation, however, can occur is more variable as far as its demographics, where it can occur. Common cause of it is infectious endocarditis, where you have, like we said with this patient's definitely at risk for with poor dental hygiene. And the other thing about aortic regurgitation is it is a diastolic murmur. So let's go through the rest of this here. Oh, we already mentioned this. So history of poor dental hygiene definitely a risk factor for aortic regurgitation, infective endocarditis history of hyperlipidemia. You know, this is just something that's very general. It could have to do with this. It could not have to do with this very common in the population. He's taking a tour of statin for it. He is hypertensive. And then he has a wide impulse pressure, which with a wide pulse pressure is also seen in aortic regurgitation. So we're really seeing where this is really fitting together nicely for us. Lastly here, the murmur diastolic decrescendo murmur over the left sternal border. So it's going to be a murmur that's going to be heard loudest at the beginning of diastole so now that we've established that it's aortic regurgitation which is also known as aortic insufficiency or ar aortic regurgitation let's just draw a simple diagram here to illustrate this so you've got the left ventricle here you've got the mitral valve here you've got the left atrium here and then here we're going to draw the aortic valve here for you. So the aorta is going to come out like this. And so during systole, during systole, you're going to see compression of the ventricle. Remember, we've discussed this before. And so that is essentially decreasing the volume so that you can increase the pressure. Because remember, again, in physics, pressure and volume are inversely related. You're decreasing the pressure of the chamber so that then you can push blood out during systole into the aorta. Now, during diastole, after you've finished pumping, what's supposed to happen is that the aortic valve is supposed to be fluid tight. It's supposed to not let any fluid, not any let any blood come back in during diastole. Is During systole, you've stretched out the aorta Because remember how it has a lot of elastic tissue within the wall of the aorta? During diastole, what happens is, is that that elastic tissue recoils. And so you have the aortic wall come back in and narrow the lumen. And it's the same concept. You're decreasing the volume within the aortic lumen. So that you can increase the pressure and so that's where your diastolic blood pressure comes from is you know it's a it's a, an extra boost an extra pulse the diastolic pulse to help again give you another push of blood forward it's to help keep blood moving forward and again the aortic valve is supposed to be airtight here so that you're not leaking blood back into the left ventricle because that's just inefficient however during aortic regurgitation you have breakdown of the valve and so one of the, you know, the, one of the leaflets is broken or damaged or more than one. And so what happens is, is that it's, it's, we'll draw it over here. So that it makes it look uh, more simple. So you have the valve leaky. And again, this is just a diagram, but when this comes back, the aortic comes back to recoil like this, sure, it's going to push some blood forward, but you're also going to have, you're going to have blood leaking back in through the aortic valve into the left ventricle. And so that's why you hear this diastolic decrescendo murmur is the murmur is going to be loudest because at at the point of when you're going to have that diastolic recoil and when blood should be moving 100% forward through the aorta, you're hearing it leak back in. And so that's where that murmur comes from. and That's where you're going to hear the murmur loudest. It's very early in diastole when that blood is, is leaking through the aortic valve back into the left ventricle. It's essentially like you're blowing the door open. You're blowing this door, quote unquote door or aortic valve leaflet back into the left ventricle. So now that we know it's aortic regurgitation, let's come here to the graph and figure out where it is. So let's we'll walk you through each step, through each answer choice. You look each of these arrows is pointing to. So you've got here, you got to follow this up here. This can be tricky. Don't let this don't let this deceive you. You follow this up here. It's about right there, and you and you follow here. Notice these are all where you're going to have two lines kind of crossing each other. You have changes in you know pressure where one where a pressure in one region is getting higher than the other. So that's important. When pressure changes are like that are happening it's typically when valves are either opening or closing so let's walk through this so if you look here this is the atrial pressure this is the left ventricle pressure so if you look here the pressure in the left atrium is greater than the pressure in the left ventricle let's just say at this point here i know it's not an answer choice but just for the sake of the graph so at this point you have what's called diastolic filling because remember Fluid moves from high pressure to low pressure, so it's moving from the left atrium into the left ventricle that's diastolic filling. At this point, the mitral valve is open. Then you come to this point, notice there's a change. So at this point here, what's happening is is that the pressure in the left ventricle is greater than the pressure in the left atrium beyond this point, so point A corresponds to where the mitral valve is gonna close because you want the mitral valve closed during isovometric contraction because you don't, again, you don't want leaking of blood back into the atrium. And then also you need to get ready for systole. And so I don't think it's answer choice A because that corresponds to the mitral valve closing. So then here, if we follow the left ventricular pressure curve up this way, you look at the aortic pressure here, it's coming down at the same time. And you can see here at this point, point B, where now the pressure in the left ventricle is greater than the pressure in the aorta. So at this point, at that point, that would be where you're beginning systolic or ventricular ejection. So point B is where the aortic valve will be opening. So this is actually where you'd hear aortic stenosis, not a, because remember, aortic stenosis is a systolic murmur. It's trouble opening the aortic valve during the beginning of systolic ejection. So I would say answer choice B is not our answer. Let's follow the curves around here. So as you can see, the aortic pressure is dramatically increasing, that makes sense. You're pumping blood out during systole into the aorta. Then you come down here, this is where you're starting to kind of get towards the end of systolic ejection. And then here you see at this point, the slope of the ventricular pressure is dropping at a much more a much quicker rate than it is in the aorta. And so as you see here at point C, the pressure in the left ventricle is dropped below the pressure in the aorta. So then you're beginning where this is the point where the valve should be closing all the way because then you're gonna have that recoil, which is why notice how the aortic pressure still stays elevated here. It's still staying, it's not dropping as rapidly as the left ventricle because that's because you still have this elastic recoil to help drive the blood forward and give you that diastolic pulse. And so at this point, this is where the aortic valve should be closing. So at point C is where the aortic valve is closing. However, in aortic regurgitation, it's not going to be uh, sealed tight. So you're going to have that recoil, but you're going to have that forward drive of blood. However, you're going to have that leak back into the left ventricle. And remember, that's where we said that's where you're going to hear the the murmur at its loudest. So I would say our answer choice is C, right after the valve is closed. That's likely where you're going to hear this murmur at, at its loudest, is right when you have this rush of blood leaking through the aortic valve back into the left ventricle. For completeness sake let's just finish out the graph and go to answer choice d so you notice here the aortic pressure continues to decrease the left ventricular pressure is decreasing here to this point notice here another pressure change another crossing of lines so here that pressure in the left atrium again is is larger than the pressure in the left ventricle and we're beginning the cycle all over again so at this point would be when the mitral valve is going to open because then you're going to begin diastolic filling all over again at this point this portion of the graph is the same this this portion here is kind of the tail end it'd be kind of like from here forward is represented here so point d is the mitral valve opening so that can't be our answer choice either so lastly here we'll just make a quick comparison between this graph for aortic regurgitation and normal oftentimes if you get to know these graphs very well you could even pick up the diagnosis just from looking at the graphs looking at if you recall the differences between The normal and the abnormal so one abnormal thing you want to notice right off the bat is look at the slope of the aortic pressure line here and here during diastole notice how it stays much more elevated it's less steep here notice you're losing aortic pressure very rapidly here this line here so this this line here is kind of the tail end of this line same thing here and so notice throughout both of these you're losing aortic pressure at a much more rapid rate than you are here, it's it's staying higher for a longer period of time. So what this corresponds to is a decrease in diastolic blood pressure, or diastolic aortic pressure, to be more specific. So that's one thing, and that corresponds, that corresponds to an increase in your pulse pressure. Because remember again, that's systolic blood pressure minus diastolic blood pressure. So that's one thing there. The other thing is that you'll see a slight increase in systolic blood pressure as well. And so that's the, that's the other thing you may notice here as well. The other thing here is, you, as you see here, you lose that diastolic notch, which corresponds to that, that large recoil in the aorta. The reason you don't see that is because, again, you're losing blood. The recoil is still occurring, but you're, it's not as powerful because it's, it's so inefficient because you're, lose, you're wasting energy on shooting blood back into the left ventricle instead of shooting the blood all 100% forward. So that's why you lose the diastolic notch. The other thing you'll notice here is that left atrial pressure increases and left ventricular pressure increase, and that's due to the volume overload as a result of aortic regurgitation. And so as you can see, those are the major difference between the abnormal and the normal here. So just to come back here and just put it all together again, you have aortic regurgitation, And the where you're gonna hear the murmur loudest is at this point here, when the aortic valve should be closing, point C. All right, that's all I have for you this week. Make sure you check back every Wednesday for new Da Vinci cases. And then to see the corresponding video for this audio, check out our website at dviacademy.com, where you can also find PDF notes for this audio as well. Also on our site, you can find our book and video packages for anatomy and biochemistry. You can also follow us on Instagram for weekly posts and video, and then lastly, if you have any questions about the content of this video or about da Vinci Academy, put them in the comments and our team will be sure to answer them. All right, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week.